Hello, everyone, all of our fellow rebels at home. Welcome to the Rebel News Daily live stream. I'm your co-host, Mary Ugolini, and I'm joined today by my beautiful correspondent in the province of British Columbia, Drea Humphrey. Hey, Drea, how are you doing today? I'm good, Tamara. Good to be back here with you and with everyone else. I'm sure it's mm. going to be a good it's convo. So <laughs> It's always nice to, to have chats with you. I feel... We're so busy all of the time doing work and, you know, obviously being on separate ends of the country, we don't get to discuss and chat very much, but I always appreciate the insights you bring to the table. So uh, thank you for joining me. You too. All right. So what do we so, have in store? Yeah. So in case everybody, if you're just joining us, you're not sure what we're doing here. This is, like I said, the daily live stream hosted by us here at Rebel News. Today, of course, is Thursday, July 28th. And it's basically just an hour long segment where we're live and interactive with our viewers to discuss the newsiest news items of the day. So if you're joining us here on YouTube, which a large following of our platform is through the YouTube uh, platform. But unfortunately, being that it's Drea and I will probably <laughs> discuss some risque topics in terms of the COVID <laughs> response and how it continues to be handled. Uh, so at that point, when we start to you know question the science or critique certain things, unfortunately, having those thoughts goes against the Ministry of Truth at YouTube and their community standards. So we will have to, at that point, switch. And sometimes it's abrupt, depending on what our editors think. And if we're discussing things that they think are too hot for YouTube. Um, so I always urge people to either have it set up and ready to go in the background or switch over right now to Rumble, Odyssey or Getter. Uh, Rumble is a great platform. It's what we use a lot of the time uh, just to host our videos, but also because you can engage with us directly there through what are called super chats. So it's a way for the viewer to give us a small monetary donation to you know keep the lights on and keep our stories and our journalism afloat and also ha have us read what you comment and what you say on air and engage with us. So if you if you send us a super chat through Rumble, then we will read that on screen and provide a comment or some commentary on whatever you have to say. So please don't be shy. Feel free to engage with us. We love hearing from our viewers. And of course, because we are completely viewer funded, uh, it's our way to, to keep afloat with what you're thinking and your perspective as well and, and stay on top of the news that you would like us to cover. Um, so without further ado, we are going to be discussing, as it said in the title, the Arrive Can app and the absolute disaster that that has caused at our borders, various borders and airports. Um, the, the jabs, which have been approved for babies and toddlers in Canada and now uh, in Ontario, at least, I'm not sure what it's like in BC, Drea, but you can formally, you can officially make your appointment to have your baby vaccinated against COVID-19 and uh, other certain... <laughs> wild things that we have never previously heard before, like the dangers of napping. Yes. <laughs> oh, and this is going to be so good. I can't wait to get to that one. So, yeah. Well, first and foremost, we want to keep the stuff that's kind of more YouTube safe. We want to run through that first so that we can, you know, keep our viewers engaged on YouTube. Like I said, that's a very large platform for us. And that's why we're so careful on YouTube because we don't want to risk being deplatformed from there completely. We have amassed a large following and we don't want to abandon YouTube, but unfortunately they just keep going down that slippery slope of, uh, 
censorship. And so to be able to not censor ourselves, we kind of indirectly have to by switching over to another platform that doesn't uh, engage in that sort of censorship. So um, let's talk about some of these things that are a little bit more YouTube friendly. Drea, do you want to kick it off with the Arrive Can app and the chaos that's ensued? Oh my goodness. So I'm just going to scroll down to find that one there. But in case you guys don't know, we've done a lot of coverage on the Arrive Can app and we even have a petition for you to sign at uh, noarrivecan.com. But it looks like it's catching up to, of course, not just the vaccinated. It's also catching on to everybody. It says, if you look by this article by Windsor, it says Arrive Can app non-compliance causing headaches for understaffed border officers. Shocker. The union representing <laughs> border officers says the Canada Border Services Agency is facing several staffing shortages. I mean, we see this in every industry imaginable mm -hmm. where they're using COVID policies. Um, so if you scroll down a little bit, it says that the CBSA has had to implement mandatory overtime and canceled vacations to address the understaffed border crossings, according to Mark Weber, who is the Customs and Immigration Union president. He says, we have what? even got, sorry? What a great way to have your summer uh, being an employee of this border service agency during the summer that you have now mandated overtime and you can't take vacation all because your very own government has decided to implement this surveillance tool is what I equate it to be onto everyone indiscriminately. Yeah, as, as you pointed out, Dre, it doesn't matter whether you're vaccinated or not. Everyone crossing the border coming into Canada has to download so they're told has to download this arrive can app and uh, and the people being forced to do the dirty work of the government to surveil everyone and their mother are are missing out on summer vacation time and even just regular working hours. I mean, what complete disregard and respect for those people now that are, like I said, just doing the dirty work of the government. And speaking of those people, True North uh, did an article about an elderly woman in her 70s who is the perfect example about this not having anything to do with your vaccination status. She is fully vaccinated and took a day trip just for a couple of hours over to a New York, I believe. Can we play a little mm -hmm. clip? She is so sweet and so innocent. And she says something so true and heartbreaking because they're saying, you know, download this app or else you'll be punished by having to quarantine and be tested. I mean, you know, what does the vaccination status matter if you have to do that solely based on the app? So we should show a clip, but she even says in there, which is really heartbreaking, she says, you know, I don't want to quarantine. I've been locked down for the past two years. And they're like, sorry, you know, my hands are tied here, but yeah, if, oh, it looks like we have the article here. Here's this lovely woman. You know, if you remember the beginning of all of this, we were told that everything we were doing for, was for, you know, the, the elderly, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if you mm -hmm. scroll down or if you check out that article, you can even watch just a small clip of it. It's, it's heartbreaking, but she's so sweet and so right. My goodness. Are we able to show a clip? I don't know. I thought that it was quite powerful just because she's she's just yeah. a regular person like you and I. And like you said, an elderly woman who all of these protocols and policies are supposed to be protecting. And she's like, but I don't want to do it anymore, I, I, if ever. 
I know. And she, yeah, here we go. Look, she's so little. I am not going to sit here and try to strong arm you or convince you. Um, current policy, though, is that we are supposed to uh, issue you a quarantine order at that point. Uh, so that's what I'm going to have to do then today. So, but I'm vaccinated. Isn't that just for unvaccinated? Well, it comes down to this is what I have to do as a screening officer. I don't have the ability to make that decision. I can put you in touch with public health. You can speak to a of them if you choose to. I also can't force you to do that. Sorry, sir, may I, I don't mean to interject, but you're saying that you're acting as a screening officer. So are you employed by the, uh, by the Public Health Agency of Canada? No, I'm employed by the Canada Border Service Agency. CBSA Border Service Officers are also classified as screening officers under the Quarantine Act. Okay, so why is CBSA being forced to do PHAC's dirty work? That's a question about my pay grade, sir. I don't know. <laughs> fair, right, that's so fair. In case, so, uh, yeah. I've had to put you into quarantine. So this is the information uh, wow. for that. That's your public health uh, or your uh, vaccination info, passport, and two test kits. So that's all back for you, and you're basically all set on our end. So what if I don't do this? Because I've been two and a half years in Mm -hmm. Well, isolated for two years. I'm not going to isolate again. Okay. So when I can certainly mm -hmm. appreciate the frustration over the pandemic. Uh, once again, that's a public health issue, not a CBSA issue. So we have zero follow-up or enforcement on our end. It goes to public health, and uh, they have an enforcement compliance division where they handle all that stuff, which they do whatever it is that they do. I don't talk to them. I don't work with them. It's all done electronically through the arrive can app or whatever. So. How are you feeling? You okay there, Joe? I'm getting upset. Oh, this is she's so cute. This is insane. It is insane. You shouldn't have to go through this. No Canadian should. Just because I don't want to put an app on my phone. Mm -hmm. It's oh. insane. This is what a why mess. mobility rights matter, people. Doesn't matter your medical choices. You have to stand for your rights, including mobility mm -hmm. rights, because where is the science in that? What happened to that lady? Well, exactly. And what a mess of the bureaucracy. I mean, he even says there it's above his pay scale. I mean, fair enough. Yeah. However, they are doing public health's dirty work. And then there's no communication, though, between the Public Health Agency of Canada and the Canadian Border Services Agency. So where's the cohesive science-based approach, right? If it was all about trusting the science, then everybody would be on the same page, you would think, right. um, mm -hmm. because we're not allowed to question the science. So I also want to point out as well in that uh, CTV News Windsor article, I don't know if we can pull it back up again, um, but they say that approximately 30% of border crossers haven't completed the app. I mean, that's a pretty great number in my opinion. I obviously there's a lot of room there for there to be more non-compliance, but that's a pretty high number, 30%. So that's that's contributing to the lag and the holdup, uh, prolonging traveler processing times amid an already chaotic travel season. Yeah, thanks again, government. And then, uh, and then it goes down as well, says Weber, so that's the union president, says searches for illegal drugs, firearms, and in-depth interviews have taken a back seat since much of the wow. focus is on the Arrive <laughs> Can app. Oh like, God. if we want to talk about health and wow. safety... Yeah, it's all arrive can or nothing. Apparently, none of this other stuff, firearms and illegal drugs. Hey, that's what, you know, that that doesn't matter anymore, because we have to make sure that everyone downloads a tracking app onto their yeah. cell phone. 
for the same health and safety reasons why we would well, not want firearms and illegal drugs. And it's eerily similar to during the lockdown where we had our, our law enforcement being called to, you know, chapters, bookstores, because an autistic child can't put a mask on, you know, is there nothing more important for you guys to be doing? It's the same thing being repeated over and over in different ways. Absolutely. And I, this particular woman, her, that video there. So I think that if I remember that story correctly, because that's just a few days ago now that that went viral on Twitter and was picked up by True North, Mm -hmm. she's crossing the New York border there uh, with Niagara Falls. And so Mm -hmm. that's a land border crossing. So we see the chaos that's happening in Pearson Airport and Montreal Airport and various airports all across Canada, the main hubs of travel. But we didn't hear much previously about what's happening at the land border crossing. So that woman was taking a day trip into New York. And then we also have the clip now of the Niagara Falls or the Niagara Mayor. He's having a conversation with the Niagara MP, uh, Dean Allison, if I remember him correctly. Yes, Dean Allison. And he's denouncing all this border, this, this, this app as being essentially destroying uh, the economy there. So maybe we can just show a quick clip as well of what this mayor had to say about the Arrive Can app. And again, he's in the hub where they're, that land border crossing, a main artery between Canada and the United States is happening. Yeah. And app requirement at the border. It's absolutely bananas why we're doing this. And, you know, and I've asked and we've asked in the National Chambers of Commerce and Duty Freeze and the hospitality industry, hotel association, cross-border mayors. We're all asking the same questions. Why are you doing this? We know why we had it in the beginning. And we agreed. You know, we had to keep COVID out of the country. Well, clearly it's here. And we always said, follow the science. Well, the experts like Zane Chagla at McMaster University are saying it serves no purpose other than to kill tourism. It literally is choking it. And I'll give you a typical example, Dean. Someone shows up the border with their family in their minivan from Pennsylvania. Well, they don't keep an eye on Ottawa to see what's happening in Canada. They've got their passports. They get there and they realize they can't get in with their passports. And, and so they're not sure what to do because they don't have roaming. They can't access Wi-Fi. There's a lineup behind them. They're told there could be quarantining issue, fine issues, random testing issues. And the message is they tell their friends, stay away from Canada. It's a mess. They don't know what they're doing. And CBSA agree with us. The numbers are quoting us for compliance are absolutely ridiculous. It's very low. Most Americans have opted not to come because of it, because it's easier not to. So just like in business and Dean, yourself as well, I understand customer service. I always go to my customer and I find out what they need and I try to fill the need. I don't shove something down their throat. That's not how you work or you'll be out of business. So what are we doing? We're forcing this down their throat. And I can tell you, I've spoken with a number of federal ministers and they're all saying our suggestions are fair. And the one other part, if I could just throw in there, Dean, the other frustration is people who live here, specifically senior citizens. And I get a lot of calls, a lot of emails. I get contacted regularly. And the people are so offended and they feel discriminated against. They say, you know, I'll show my passport. I even got vaccinated. But why do I have to have digital technology? I don't have a smartphone or I have a flip phone. And that kind of stuff is maddening to local seniors who have paid their dues. You know, and you mentioned. Yeah. 
Absolutely. All the shock and horror of being discriminated against by a COVID rule. I mean, it reminds me talking about the land border of the couple I interviewed, a retired couple who lives part-time in Bellingham and then likes to spend the summers in their summer home out here in BC and Penticton, find $25,000 for not doing the ArriveCam app and um, probably I assume not, not testing as well. We've covered that story and it also happens to be that the Leaves are one of the newest clients taken on by our charity partners at the Democracy Fund who do amazing work helping you know everyday law-abiding citizens just like the Leaves here fight tyrannical fines. And so in case you guys are new to Rebel News, that's something that we're really passionate about helping and collaborating with them on. And it's only possible by donations that go to fightvaccinepassports.com. That's our special website to help fund many legal cases for Canadians like the Leaves. You know, whether even back in the day, remember the quarantine hotels? There was a lot mm -hmm. of situations with that. And so we helped um, people fight those types of fines too. Again, fightvaccinepassports.com. It's madness. But I always say the bright side of all of this is that people are asking questions like that gentleman just said, mm -hmm. all of us are asking why. Well, thank God for that two years later. That's exactly what we needed to happen a long time ago. And still not getting answers from the bureaucracy, right? That's the issue here is that people, they don't, they, they implement these things like the ArriveCan app. They don't think about all the nuances involved in it. Just as the mayor said in that clip that, you know, the family full of kids coming over in a minivan where they don't have roaming, they don't have data. They have no idea that they need this app to get into the country. And there's a lineup behind them. I mean, at that point, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. What are you going to do? And mm -hmm. uh, the bureaucracy obviously doesn't think about these nuances because they don't have a minivan full of children. They're flying up in their private jets or on chartered uh, business class. So they don't think about these things on the ground that are happening to everyday people just trying to live their lives and mm -hmm. reinstitute their pre-pandemic way of life. I mean, like I said, that's a main artery there for people for tourism. And also there's families and people that visit. And so all those nuances get lost in the bureaucracy that is so out of touch and only increasingly seemingly out of touch. And um, it, it's going to take a lot of people rallying like that, asking those questions to have this finally terminated. And also in addition to the Fight Vaccine Passports campaign, I also want to highlight that we started a, a new fundraising effort and petition at noarrivecan.com. So that is specific to the ArriveCan app and people mm -hmm. who are facing fines and repercussions for refusing to comply with this government surveillance tool. And yeah. I also want to point out too that in you know, we've had a few reports on that subject since we launched the campaign. But in my original report on the No Arrive Can app uh, website, we we mentioned in there the day that the Rogers Network went down. So that was, I guess, two weeks, right. uh, roughly yeah. two weeks ago now. So across Canada, one of our main telecommunications providers went down all across the nation. And some of the federal government actually operated their networks through the Rogers network and the arrive can app was one of those items that was directly affected by the outage. And so there was just absolute chaos because no one's arrive can app worked for uh, pretty much a full 24 hours. Mm -hmm. So it just highlights 
how absolutely ridiculous something like this is to implement and the dangers of having and relying so heavily on technology because when it goes down, this is the fallout that ensues. I mean, it was absolute chaos for people trying to get through the border and not having any cell service or their app not even working. Yeah, oh, so much. We can go on forever. But yeah, please do check out noarrivecan.com. I think this is a good moment to jump to one of our ads here. Uh, let's take a look at what we have here. For those of you who don't know, we are viewer funded and sometimes we have sponsors as well, which help bring you guys reports that you can trust on the other side of the story. <laughs> Now, I you missed the last me. few seconds of that video, but there's so many new designs in the yeah. Rebel News store as well. There's those really cute trucker um, resistance, resist, I think in resistance uh, t-shirts, what they say, and then the the stop or eat, eat the beef, uh, whatever that campaign that was very yes. successful because the government backpedaled so quickly on trying to put warning labels on beef. And uh, I think there's some really cute designs. Yeah, the yeah. Justin Castro ones. Ho yeah, hover on the Justin Castro for a second. I still have to get mine, but that that is, that's <laughs> my favorite. It's my favorite. I mean, look at that. It's uncanny. My goodness. But yeah, it check really that is. out. And I believe we have a code on for the summer as well. So all the types of shirts you're looking here, the unisex shirts, if you use coupon code SUMMER, when you order it, you get a second one free. Isn't that right? So it's buy two and get a third Ooh, buy free. Two. Ah, buy so, two and get and a third so free. And there's so many new designs. You could easily pick three really solid shirts to wear yeah. this summer uh, and show or off Or other your people in the family too. Yeah, I mean, this would make a great gift for a really radical lefty who <laughs> who might need some a push in the direction of, hey, look how similar Justin Trudeau and uh, Fidel Castro look in oh, real life. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you got to see it side so, by side like that. We have one super chat from Adam Ottawa. He gives $1. Thank you, Adam. National Post reported today on a group of Israeli youth who got redirected for testing. So 15 of 33 were randomly selected. As a result, they're missing their trip to Wonderland trying to chase tests. Yeah, there's a classic example of how tourism and this industry that has already been put under such intense pressure due to COVID restrictions is yeah. further being damaged by... This, the COVID restrictions. It's just a snowball effect that this government has. And my goodness, let's just get government out of the way once and for all. I mean, <laughs> what oh, do you mean by that, Tamara? <laughs> <laughs> Careful now. <laughs> <laughs> well, just but, remove yeah. all this red tape and, and really think, you know, I don't know that government's always saying, oh, we're engaging with the stakeholders and the stakeholders, the stakeholders, the stakeholders. Well, what about the taxpayers? Aren't we the largest stakeholder? Maybe someone should finally consult with us, the actual yeah. stakeholders, people on the ground who have to deal with this madness and chaos and determine mm -hmm. whether or not some of these implementations are actually wise decisions. Because as it turns out, millions are thrown at these billions even are thrown yeah. at these 
idiotic responses and they end up being scrapped because they literally makes no sense. And who's going to be to blame for all this? Who's going to take the fall? Who's going to be the scapegoat? Uh, you know, once people realize all of this is falling apart, somebody has to answer. The people who did the bidding for the government are going to have to face the music. You know, um, and have a report coming out on BC ferries. Recently, they've canceled travels on or. Um, yeah, travel on Sundays due to short staffing. Mm -hmm. And on the back scene, they recently hired some of their unvaccinated workers back, but they fired their CEO due to decisions around short staffing. So <laughs> it's like, what's going on here? Was, was one of those decisions to can or lay off without pay for months? Uh, what I believe is close to 150 unvaccinated workers. So I'm wow. waiting to see if they'll respond on that. But I mean, again, every industry, and mm -hmm. I think some of these people at the top that have been, just been blindly following or following against their better judgment are going to have some consequences, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I think so too. And, and we see it across, as you've mentioned already before, we've seen it across all sectors that there seems to be these shortages and yet simultaneously there's the people who have lost been terminated due to mandates and it even started with the masking arguably so many people couldn't tolerate eight hours a day being masked for prolonged periods of time that they mm -hmm. were off on stress leave and other things even pre the injection rollout in Canada yeah. and depending on which province you're in and when what the timeline was on that so these mandates and restrictions have been causing harm to the employment sector for the better part of two years now, and it started even before the pass the vaccine passports came into effect. Um, we do have two more super chats by the same guy. So phrase phrase bow. So I think that's Fraser in Hamilton. Thank you for your five dollar donation and another one dollar donation. I'll just read them together. But it says, do you think any of the CPC candidates would support this and the sale of cell phone data to private users and police? with this fine police with a fine of a thousand dollars to be paid to the victim of this crime the government has no right to spy on us all mandates should be cancelled when now well that seems like an interesting uh perspective i'm not sure if any of the cpc candidates would support this maybe it's worth asking any of them um but definitely you know this the scooping of cell phone data without the knowledge of the user, that is very questionable. And public health, the Public Health Agency of Canada has been doing that all throughout the COVID narrative. They were working with TELUS. Uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed has reported heavily on this and has filed various access to information requests to find out more about what unfolded there. But um, yeah, they wanted to know who was complying with you know, the stay-at-home orders, where they were going, how long they were spending away from home, all of these things. So I definitely see this as being a slippery slope. And the Arrive Can app and its tracking and surveillance of you is just further reinforces how much of a slippery slope this is. And unless people don't comply with it, then they're going to continue to get away with it. And um, personally, again, I think this paves the way for that no K. KTDI, the known traveler yes. digital identity. Yeah. That's the WEF's, the World Economic Forum's brainchild in partnership with the government of Canada, Pearson International Airport, the Trudeau International Airport in Montreal, and other stakeholders like some weird AI companies. And so they want to institute a tracking and tracing. Um, yeah, there it is. Mm -hmm. Unlocking the potential of digital identity for secure and seamless travel. 
<laughs> so it's all about safety and convenience. I've actually interviewed yeah. a few months back a gentleman from Free to Fly Canada, so a former pilot uh, who's unfortunately been put on unpaid leave. I don't think he's been formally terminated uh, due to his yes. noncompliance yeah. with the vaccine mandate. And yeah, right. he, you know, he reiterates in that interview, it's all about safety and convenience, safety and convenience, but at the expense of having literally every ounce of your being and all of your data trackable yeah. and traceable. And what are the, the potential repercussions of something like that? I mean, we know that that could pave the way to social credit scores and then your green credits and how much carbon you use this month or this year. So I, um, I'm really concerned about the direction that something like this, the Arrive Canada mm -hmm. and the known mm -hmm. traveler digital identity will take moving forward in the future if people continue to comply with it. Right, well, you know, they say he who owns the data owns the world essentially or controls the world. So imagine the power. If you can get everybody to put their data in one, one area, what can you do with that information? And you know, you have to think of the boiling frog analogy, how slow we've been conditioned to get to this point, you know, uh, what it started with first, or you know, predominantly just disclose your vaccination status. No big deal, you know, just to keep your job, you know, everybody's just having to do that. And then, you know, it's just one step ever. You, you surrender those privacy rights and then mm -hmm. it just pushes and pushes and pushes. And now vaccinated 70 year old women uh, get punished and forced into confinement or solitary confinement basically at home mm -hmm. after two years of doing the same because they don't comply. Well, and I also want to start to get into some of this more nitty gritty COVID related stuff. Um, and so I want to remind anyone who's just tuning in with us that if we cut from YouTube, it's because what we're talking about and some of our views and opinions and criticism of the COVID response and namely the injections may not align with YouTube's community standards. Unfortunately, we have to kind of semi-censor ourselves in order to stay afloat on the YouTube platform. But if you go over and join us on Rumble, Odyssey, or Getter, on those platforms, we can speak more freely and voice our more in-depth opinions. If you appreciate listening to our commentary here on YouTube, then I may urge you to move over to one of those platforms either now or when you see us get cut off. That is why we start to get into some more risky discussions there. And also, mm -hmm. I want to remind everyone on Rumble, you can engage directly with us by giving a super chat. So if you, you donate a small monetary donation, then we'll read your comment on screen and you can engage with us directly. It's a great way for us to stay afloat and for you to give us your feedback in real time. Um, so that being said, let's touch on this CNN article uh, from earlier this week, napping regularly linked to high blood pressure and stroke, a study finds. I'm really surprised it's not related to climate change, to be honest. Well, you know, <laughs> first of all, I love how it's like a study finds. But, um, you know, I thought climate change was the craziest one to see on this, but I almost think that this is more. I mean, mm -hmm. come on now. And, and the fact that these are coming out around the same time is very interesting as well. So, um, yeah, it's like anything other than the miracle <laughs> novel injections is to blame for all of our ailing health. Uh, oh my gosh. I, I really, I'm like, do we tell the toddlers that their naps could mean that they will have <laughs> high blood pressure? <laughs> yeah, the younger, the younger you are, right? I mean, it does say, if you go into the article, it does say, 
Well, here's the thing. Most people are reading headlines. They know that there's been studies about that. I think it's around 70% will just read the headline before they even share it with others. So when you look at a chunk like that, the headline makes a huge impact. The article, of course, does explain, if you go down into it, that people who, are, and I'm in the wrong article, but basically people who are napping are also more likely to have other issues making them more tired, like they're not sleeping through the night and that makes them more tired. So there is an explanation for this and that makes perfect sense. But for the 70% that just read it go, oh my gosh, you know, maybe I've been napping too much. That's, that's why I have myocarditis. <laughs> I can never say that word. You know Myocarditis, I mean? yeah. Myer, well, it myoc- says here, it says here, if the person was younger than age 60, napping most days raised the risk of developing high blood pressure by 20% compared with people who never or rarely nap, according to the study published in Hypertension, uh, an American Heart Association journal. I mean, I just, I... I've had many, I've had babies and I used to nap, you know, they say sleep when baby sleeps. I mean, as, as impossible as usually that is like, I've done my, my fair share of napping over Mm -hmm. the last, well, probably since, since ever, I've always been a huge fan of sleep. Um, I can say that I have very, very (laughs) blood pressure. Um, this, I, I just can't even believe that these are the headlines we're seeing now because we have things like all cause mortality skyrocketing through the roof, higher up in some cases up like 30 to 40% higher than previous years, 2019 and before. And it could maybe be because you're taking too many naps. (laughs) And are people going to start fearing naps now? Like, are they going to like fighting to stay awake if they're <laughs> tired, you know what I mean? And, and you talk about pregnancy, obviously that's an example of, uh, you know, having some more pressures on your body and needing to nap. But uh, sometimes I'm tired and I will pull over and have a 20 minute nap so that I'm not driving home in an unsafe fashion. So mm-hmm. I, I feel like that would contribute. That. Let me know if you do that too. But <laughs> my point is like, oh no, I better not nap. I might die. Meanwhile, you fall asleep on the road. Like, yeah. And being stressed and straining to try to stay awake, that probably contributes to higher blood, blood pressure. Exactly. I'm not a doctor, but, uh, but yeah, CNN's this is so questionable. Yeah. And the people, the, the true believers of CNN will be like, oh, Shock and horror. How, we we've been napping this whole time. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's just yeah. Like, what do you think is more bizarre, the climate change one or this one? Oh um, my! You know, like I said at the onset, I'm just shocked that they didn't conflate this with climate change. You know, that yeah. napping and and your climate, the climate crisis. You're somehow you emit more CO2 when you're napping and that's contributing yeah. to the global warming and the climate crisis. I'm just yeah. shocked they didn't try to spin it that way. You're um, right. But what this a is wasted opportunity. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh no, don't give them any ideas. <laughs> All right. This is almost as bad as what else did they say in the headlines recently? Uh, Not napping, but um, oh, the heat, right? Heat was was more likely to contribute to clotting, I believe it was. If I don't know if we can pull that up, I think it was last week or the week prior. And I'm like, how did all of those populations live along the equator all these years? My goodness. Mm -hmm. Well, in BC, more people died um, from the heat wave than they did for COVID you know, during that really bad heat wave last year. I mean, that's separate than the blood clotting, but um, 
it's interesting. I, I, you probably won't be able to find the chart because I can't remember where I saw it. But when you look at our all-cause deaths in this province, um, you know, we had about four or five years in the last 12 years where we had more deaths than 2020 mm -hmm. and 2021. But I think 2021, we matched some of them and they put due to COVID-19 and, you know, the heat wave, <laughs> they had to couple it together, you know. Right. Just, just mislead that a little bit more. The other article that we have here that uh, you've been following the legal beat a lot more closely than I have, but the Children's Health Defense, which I really appreciate their reporting. I, I like following their stuff when I'm able to. Yeah. Um, I'm always enlightened by their articles. So they, they put out this article uh, about a yeah. historic decision uh, from the courts in Italy. Maybe you can elaborate on this one, Drea. Well, first off, I, I don't know about you guys, but anytime we can share good news, it's very good. So this is awesome. It's a historic decision. It relates to people being laid off without pay or terminated for not being vaccinated. And so this came out of the courts in Italy. And so basically on July 6th, the court of Florence has approved a sentence annulling the measure taken by the order of psychologists of Tuscany against one of its members. The reason being the suspension of exercise of the profession risk compromising primary individual rights, such as the right to a livelihood to a livelihood and the right to work. Yes, no shocker there. And also it goes on um, in here saying basically that there is also no difference between whether you're vaccinated or at, in, over there, I guess it's having three jabs because of the time that um, you know goes past. So they also talk about that in the decision if you look at the actual ruling from the judge. So he actually ruled uh, based on science as well, which is something uh, like you said, I've covered a lot of the legal cases in, in mm -hmm. BC anyways that are COVID related and it, the judge judges do seem hesitant to even sort of sort through the science. They, they prefer to default to, um, when they're looking between two experts, they want to default to the expert who's been granted the authority to make the decision, which of course is always public health. Um, so it's refreshing to see that a judge um, did sort of sift through the science to come up with this decision. And I know I interviewed, um, you know, a psychologist, I believe in December about this, but you know, they were in in BC, they were threatening to do the mandate. Like Bonnie Henry basically said, if you are not vaccinated by this date, I think it was two weeks before she said it, too bad you're out. Uh, family physician, physicians as well. She ended up backing off of that. I don't know exactly why. Perhaps there were a lot more than they suspected. I don't know. Um, but I did interview a psychologist, you know, who explains, you know, this is ridiculous, especially since COVID, we've been doing a lot of our appointments via Zoom. And they're trying to say that we're going to be out the door. Like this, mm -hmm. imagine the mental health crisis if already we've seen, a, you know, a spike in mental health crisis. But imagine what would happen if, these medical professionals who work in the mental health field can't even do a Zoom meeting for Pete's sakes. Um, there are some people who won't even leave their homes for different mental health reasons and need to meet that way. Uh, I have a background in mental health and that's actually more common than you might think. There's a lot of reasons why people just can't um, you know, cope with going somewhere in person or even talking to someone in person about such intimate and personal things. So, I mean, it reminds me of that, but it's great to see a ruling like this Wish it was yes. in Canada, <laughs> but 
but you know, right. um, you know, there are, they can look to, um, you know, some of these cases as well and use them as example in our country as well too. So. Well, that's what I'm hoping. Like, when will yeah. this cause that ripple and the ricochet effect that it starts to trickle over into the Canadian courts? Um, I did. I did also appreciate in that in the article itself, it said that the judge declared that you cannot sacrifice life and health of an individual for mm -hmm. the benefit of the population. But yeah. based on the public data coming from the Italian and European health authority, there's evidence that at the end of the day, there isn't even a benefit for the community. And it's like, you know, <laughs> clap because finally yeah. someone has slow clap. the light. <laughs> like I mean, really, if, if we're not... Clap. If we're not preventing transmission, if we're not preventing infection, um, yeah. and the benefit is is apparently, and in my opinion, arguably beneficial to only the person being injected, then what is the point of instituting a mandate? And I mean, here in Ontario, we're still there's still terminated uh, healthcare workers and various other sectors yeah. oh, workers. See, they're all yeah. In, and in the, Ontario, and the, it's in crisis. Sorry, in Ontario, is it more, isn't it the, the individual hospitals decide the rules? Am I right? Yes. So in BC, so now it's that just across the board. It's just, if you're unjabbed or haven't disclosed your vaccination status, you're done. And now they've terminated over 2,000 of them. And meanwhile, I mean, the BC Ferries, I think the Daily Hive, uh, if we can pull that up, back to the BC Ferries CEO being canned for short staffing, the Daily Hive's article says, well, how is the CEO can when the health minister, Adrian Dix, is still working even though our um, our hospital system is shamble in shambles? But of course, no mention of not bringing back the unvaccinated healthcare workers. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. what is the insanity we're experiencing here? You know, like, let's not talk about the huge elephant in the room that's pregnant and about to have more elephants. You know, just keep pretending that there's no issue here. And, you know, the, the majority of people who are only consuming state-backed media, I mean, how is any of this making sense to them? Because it's not making mm -hmm. sense to us, but at least we can, we can see that elephant. So, like, where's the disconnect? Like, how do they understand what's happening? Why is everything sort of crashing or collapsing at the same time i would love to know what their explanation for that is yeah and is it more just deflection and and trying to make sense of it all with these weird like napping for instance is is, is a problem now and will those the people who i like to refer to them as mainstreamists the ones who yeah. just follow like wholeheartedly truly believe the mainstream like they will eat that up and oh my goodness all this time we had no idea that napping was bad for our health and just one more one more thing I want to say about the mainstreamists and the legacy media and the legal cases. I, I think I've covered about eight that are ongoing and about five that, you know, have actually been heard in Supreme Court that are waiting for their rulings. And last I checked, the legacy media hasn't said a peep about these mm -hmm. cases. Like they are just flat out ignoring. I imagine if it's, um, you know, a poor outcome, they'll shout to the mount mountaintops about that. But the amount, like when you sit through these, um, you know, hearings and you hear the evidence that the justice is hearing, they have to stay away from that information. You know what I mean? And so I guess they're just like, I don't know, they have to be tuning into it, I would think on some level, 
but just not informing the public at all about cases challenging COVID-19 mandates or policies um, in the Supreme Court. It's, it's really shocking. It's, it's really, yeah, I, that's, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say it's actually shocking and the Canadian public is none the wiser to any of it. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to take a quick little ad break right here and then we'll come back and read some more of our super chats. Thanks everyone for sending those in on Rumble, but here's a quick ad. Hey folks, check out the newest arrival to the Rebel News Store. Yes, F is for Fidel and F is for father? I mean, could it be? Yes, it, half this photo, the colored half, is Justin Trudeau. The black and white half is a young Fidel Castro. Wait now, or is it vice versa? It's so confusing. I'm a huge Forensic Files fan. Wouldn't it be great if we could have piece of Justin's DNA and a piece of Fidel's DNA and put the rumor to bed once and for all. But in the meantime, we'll just have to walk around wearing this shirt, hinting at a great Canadian conspiracy. Or is it? In any event, if you want to get this shirt, folks, go to the Rebel News Store and check this out. Type in our new discount code, that's SUMMER, S-U-M-M-E-R, and if you buy two unisex t-shirts, you get an additional one for free. What a deal. Like I said, Justin Trudeau, Fidel Castro, as they used to say on the ABC detergent ads, can you tell the difference? I can't tell the difference. Oh my gosh, Menzies. Menzies always, he's always a hoot. And shout out to the editors with the X-Files music there in the, the middle there. But I mean, that shirt, again, my favorite shirt right now in the Rebel News store. So if you guys want to check it out, it's at rebelnewsstore.com. Um, yeah, Menzies always delivers, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he, always, he never ceases to amaze me. That's the thing. It's always, you're no. like, what is he going to say next? And here's the thing, I mean, even before I was a rebel and I was just, you know, a rebel supporter, viewer, I, I was like, oh man, he's awesome. He's my favorite. But he is like that in person. Like it's not, it's not a show. That's what's so shocking about it all, but it's great. Um, so one of the super chats, again, if you guys head to Rumble and check us out there, you won't lose us when we, uh, if we, and when we disconnect to talk about some of the more spicy stuff. But you can also communicate to us directly by doing a super chat and a small donation to go towards our journalism. And AMT60 has done so. Thank you so much for your $1 donation. And uh, they say, now that the purebloods are allowed to travel by plane and train, I went to New Brunswick. When I was supposed to take the train back on July 22nd, the train was canceled because of a sick call from a manager had to wait until 24 hours to leave. Well, that's something mm. I haven't really heard. It is about train delays. I don't know if you've heard that or not, but that's crazy. So one person is sick and that's it. The train's mm -hmm. delayed for 24 hours. That's nuts. And I love how well, uh, they, oh yeah, go on. Just in my, you know, the small town that I, I live close to, they, their busing system. So the whole transportation sector has been uh, affected by what they call staffing shortages. So sometimes mm. the public transit here doesn't even run on certain days because they literally just have no one to drive the buses. So 
you know, not specific to trains, but yeah, staffing shortages across the board seem to be at an unprecedentedly high level. Um, if you go on linked or if you go on indeed and you search full-time employment, I don't know what it's like in BC, but for instance, in Toronto and the, the GTA, the greater Toronto area, there's like 18,000 full-time employment job offerings. And I'm thinking to myself, where are all of the workers? Where is everyone? Yeah. You know, never before have I seen numbers like that. And it might you actually know, be higher. I might be, I might be off on those numbers. And this is going back a couple of weeks. So it may actually be higher now, but it, it has me wondering where everyone is and, and why they're yeah. not working. You know, um, I haven't gone to that site. We definitely should dig into this and report on this for each province. But um, I have noticed just a lot of wanted signs. And I was in Chilliwack mm -hmm. um, working on a report and going around. And I said to the people at Tim Hortons, I'm noticing in particular in that area, Chilliwack, BC, like it's, everybody is hiring. And they said, yeah, we can't find staff like for at, nobody's coming back since COVID. And I thought, well, how are they, how are they managing? How are they coping? What's going on? And you're right. Um, where are they? <laughs> where are the working yeah. adults? I don't know. Don't want to make it's... any speculations there, but maybe they're taking too many naps. Yeah, that that's probably it. Adam <laughs> Ottawa says in the super chats on Rumble, uh, thanks for the dollar donation. If you, if you're tired, maybe you're just low on protein. Try a handful of crickets instead of a nap. Mm, oh. ground cricket <laughs> we'll have to get alexa we'll have to get alexa right on that tested out the theory for us so yeah uh, shauna you know. marie sorry drea shauna oh. marie g83 gives five dollars thank you my dad's childhood best friend's wife who was in perfect health passed away age 64 with al amliodosis I think I'm pronouncing that correctly I have mm. heard of this and I want to comment on it 10 in 1 million in Canada and they still won't accept that the jabs aren't safe I'm going to put something um, I'm going to send it to the editor here because I actually heard about this term amlioidosis mm -hmm. again I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that um, Jessica Rose, Dr. Jessica Rose, I've interviewed her twice before yeah. on the Rebel platform. Yeah. There it is. She published a Substack article on this phenomenon back on June the 16th, and she submitted it for peer review publication. So her and I, we still have that open door of communication, and I've been meaning to get to a story on this because I think it's fascinating. Essentially, what they're finding is like a, uh, not clots, wow. but a, pl a yeah. placking of hmm. the arteries and so these they look like clots but they're actually a hardened plaque like protein substance um, and those are showing up in the arteries of people who have obviously post injection uh, and you know some of there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of misleading things being sh shared on social media and so I'm always hesitant to put that there but Dr. Jessica Rose is a well-researched well-qualified credentialed expert in the field of uh, molecular biology, immunology. She mm. has a uh, master's. She's very highly educated and she has done a, a, a thorough investigation into this. And like I mentioned, she will be submitting her findings for peer review. So uh, if you want to check out that article that her Substack, and again, that's from June 16th, because she goes into this phenomenon quite heavily and it's very sciencey and technical, but you should be able to get the gist of the article. Nice. So um I'm sorry to hear uh, to uh, Shauna about your 
best friend's wife. Um, but I, I unfortunately think that there may be more instances of that as we continue to see the fallout of this public health response. Wow. Yeah. The amount of stuff we're still finding out. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's, it's really heartbreaking. Um, and, and unfortunate that it's being gaslit into being the result of, you know, naps or climate change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, on the topic of naps, AMT60 gives $1. Thank you. I've napped for many years as I used to work shift work, retired last year and still nap when tired. Pure blood, not concerned about dying while napping. I feel refreshed after my naps. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> Keep saying the pure, the pure, pure bloods. It reminds me of the bear faces, all these tribal names we have now. Shauna Marie G83 donates $5. Thank you. Says, please see previous rants. Oh no. Now I have to say the word. Amliodosis. Amliodosis <laughs> is a listed. Are we able to say this? Maybe we'll listed, get on YouTube. Yeah. I don't know. Is it getting spicy now? It's not us. It's you guys in your oh, comments. We're, long gone. we're off YouTube. Perfect. There we okay, go. we're off. Okay, so please see previous rants. Oh, no. Amliodosis is listed adverse effect of the jab. I feel like there's nothing I can do to wake them up. And it's literally shattering my heart. Yeah, it's it's very well. Hard. Look up that Jessica Rose article and uh, have a read through that and then feel free to share it out. Yeah, share it with them. And then Scott Not To Tease donates $5 as well. Thank you so much. Let's not talk about the huge elephant in the room <laughs> that's pregnant and about to have more elephants in case you're tuning in. That was just a <laughs> I said later about, you know, all the delays that have nothing to do with COVID-19 policies and restrictions. Um, Oh, and Shauna Marie, again, she gives $5. Thanks, Shauna. She says, thank you so much, Tamara. And thank you, Shauna, for bringing that up. Because without your comment, which is why I love that we can engage directly with our viewers, without your comment, that wouldn't have sparked my memory on what uh, Jessica Rose has investigated there. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're running out of time here. And I definitely want to touch on this, the vaccine rollout for infants, right? We put that in the headlines, so we have to get to it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we can just pull up that small little Twitter posting that the Ministry of Health Ontario put out. So as of this morning, anyone who wants to go out and have their babies experimented on through this jab can now book their appointment for this, what I like to call clot shot um, mm-hmm. in Ontario. I don't know if it's the same in other provinces. We saw it's- Health Canada approve the injection. We did that breaking two weeks ago to the day. Yeah. And now you can get that appointment and sign them up. Um, Yeah, same in British Columbia. You can do the same thing. And of course, it says it's safe and effective. uh, So don't question anything there. Um, And I believe the date that they will actually start doing the appointments is August 2nd in British Columbia. And that's when the babies will take part in this uh, experiment heartbreaking. What what I think is relevant to highlight here is that there was an article put out by Blacklock. So it is behind a paywall. So we'll run through it with you quickly here. They just published it today. And it's to do with the vaccine injury claims that have been submitted through the federal mm-hmm. government's vaccine injury yeah. support program. Uh, so a, a, the total of eight vaccine death and injury claims have been paid to date in Canada, with almost 700 awaiting completion of medical reviews, the federal records show. 
The eight anonymous mm-hmm. claims are the first to be paid under a 75 million vaccination compensation program that was launched in 2021. I did a previous report on this um, and, and we filed an access to information request on, on how that money was being allotted. And I don't remember offhand how much of it went was going to the vaccine injured recipients directly, but a very large portion of that $75 million was actually just going to the third party company that was implementing this program and and doing, you know, all the, the divvying up of the funds. So when they say 75 million vaccination compensation program, a fraction of that will actually make it to the pockets of the recipients. And also they list vaccine death. So in the mm-hmm. case where someone dies, there was a certain yeah. amount allotted to help cover the costs, the funeral costs and things like this. But like, mm-hmm. how do you compensate someone you who's can't. died you can't. as a result? Actually, yeah, you can't. And you and I have covered the many shortcomings of this program in uh, various uh, reports. One that I did was actually interviewing who was the first to get paid out um, after 11, you know, horrible months and her mother did die. Um, That was a Moderna death and it took close to 11 months of fighting, having to go to the media and doing all of these things to get, um, you know, I have an update coming up with an interview with her, but she said the same thing. I mean, you can't compensate for a death, you know what I mean? But, um, and I don't know if we can quickly jump to the other article. This is just another example, another BC man um, paralyzed after taking the vaccine yes. and same thing he's struggling to get any compensation for this so hundreds of people uh, who knows how many are having situations like that who who knows how many are having other um, you know important side effects but are just getting dismissed as not I mean physically it's hard to say no to this person but they're still not getting compensated as well so this man is from Summerland And I've interviewed um, Sean Muldoon, who also hasn't been compensated yet. uh, Even the legacy media reported on his AstraZeneca vaccine injury where he lost six feet of his intestines and almost died. And he had, last I checked and did the interview, he hasn't been compensated either. He calls it the vaccine injury stress program instead of support program. And I think that he hit it on the nail with that. You have to jump through all of these endless hoops. And I mean, if you're struggling with an injury, and especially Mm. I hear a lot of them are neurological. So when you can't even compute on a day-to-day basis and function, Mm -hmm. how are you supposed to make it through this multi-level bureaucracy to try to actually get your your injury identified and compensated for? I mean, they allude to it here in this Black Locks article. It's a few paragraphs long. Um, again, it's behind a paywall, but if you use sometimes the Wayback machine, uh, sometimes people have saved it and you can access the article that way. So that's kind of a little workaround if there is a paywall. Uh, but they said that, um, where's, where's the quote here? Uh, managers of the vaccine injury support program said of 774 claims, this is the second paragraph. Of those 774 claims, they received fewer than a 10th. 71 were rejected due to incomplete information or ineligibility. Eight Mm. were paid and another 654 are under review as investigators retrieve all medical records. 
I mean, if it's anything like what you and I have reported, Andrea, the medical records are extremely difficult to obtain if they were even documented. There are instances yeah. where I've ta- I've spoken to people and they said, there's no record of me even being in the ER department for oh my, my injury. Oh my gosh. Well, not only that, so many people don't even know this program exists. So how are they going to apply for it? Right. And by the way, if you're watching this and you're one of the people who had an injury and, um, you know, were denied or approved, make sure you reach out to Tamara or myself, just search Rebel News in our name. You'll find our email contact to do so, because we would love to make sure that um, this is getting, you know, the public is aware of this. And I don't know, Tamara, if you remember the the whole amount that the government set aside. Um, but it's not much if there's hundreds of people, like it's not enough to compensate that many people, which is another reason it's like, Oh, missing information. You know, they didn't put the accent over their French name done. (laughs) you know. So, well, and originally um, they only budgeted to take in 400 people a year. And so they've already much surpassed that amount in a year and a half. Um, so automatically, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Well, if it takes, also if it takes, if your mom drops dead within the 15 minute waiting period of having the Moderna vaccine and the, you know, the autopsy says it was a vaccine injury and it still takes you 11 months to be compensated. We're not finding um, anything out about these vaccine injuries for years, basically. And again, that is somebody who kept pushing and went to the media. That is not your average person. Exactly. Yeah, please reach out to us. I would love to shed light on that and make sure that the Canadian public is aware. And of course, perhaps even reach out to the relevant government stakeholders, mm-hmm. I like to, to say, yeah. um, to determine what exactly is happening here and, and hear from people on the ground experiencing this, just how difficult the process is to navigate. Um, we're at one o'clock now, but we do have a really hefty super chat that I want to get to um sundrez gave a few separate donations for a total of 110 dollars. so thank you very much that is quite a hefty amount uh she says they they i shouldn't assume your gender sorry sundrez um ladies please interview (laughs) please interview dr pornima wog i hope i'm pronouncing i'm terrible at pronunciation um in case anybody hasn't already noticed but she has proven Pat King's claim in the court of Alberta. I haven't heard about this doctor. I haven't, uh, I haven't been following the Pat King unfolding closely or, you know, honestly it, at all, unfortunately. So I'm not at all familiar, but um, yeah, if anyone has any links to send, uh, Dre, I don't know if you're familiar at all with, with how that's gone or this particular doctor, but um, thank you very much for your generous they, donation. Assume- yeah, assume uh, this person is talking about the claim that it hasn't been isolated, that COVID-19 hasn't been isolated. That's what yeah, I would assume. Yeah, there seems but... to be a lot of controversy around that. Yeah. And I, from what I hear from scientists, and I know we're going over, but just quickly, what I hear, and mm-hmm. I'm not a scientist, obviously, I have no actual medical or science background, but there's not a clear way to isolate anything and so the scientists themselves can't agree on the proper method of isolation and that's where there's a controversy Mm -hmm. and that you know is it the coach postulates is it something else can there be some cross-contamination um so the scientists themselves haven't agreed necessarily on that gold standard um and of course i'm open to being incorrect on that 
Well, same here. And again, I'm, I'm certainly not a doctor or scientist, but I have spoken to many and, and the ones that I'm speaking to, there is debate over it in between in the freedom, uh, you know, medical professional or science community. And I think most of them, the majority of what they're saying to me is what you said, but also that we seem to be focusing on it uh, you know, incorrectly, like we're, we're propping up that a bit too much. Like it, it, even if it's not isolated based on the standards, it doesn't mean that COVID-19 isn't a virus. So that, I don't know if you're hearing that as well. So, yeah. And I think that there's a lot of distraction as well, right? Let's focus yeah. on the fact that it's widely acknowledged and viewed that there is this virus, but mm -hmm. how did the response to it fail? Right. Let's focus exactly. on holding account to how the failures and the fallout of that response happened and what happened. And it blown, was it blown than, out of proportion as well? Right. Yeah. Yes. Rather than, you know, because who's to say down the road there isn't going to be the next virus that maybe is properly isolated or as per whatever the postulates or the gold standard, um, we need to solidify and work on how this response happened, who was in charge of it, and the disastrous effect that it had on our society and country as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a lot of other things that are, are big distractions in that regard, which I personally find to be unfortunate. Yes, absolutely. But, uh, but uh, we're at time on a now. Positive note. Okay, well, just on a positive <laughs> note, I want to say there's a lot of change. A lot of people are waking up, and a lot of people mm -hmm. are asking questions. So that's all a good thing, and um, you know something hopefully that will change the course of our near future. And going, yeah, into the future for the next, you know, we're not. I don't think we're out of the clear yet. For monkeypox. No, mon we've got monkeypox. Oh my goodness. That's a live stream for another day. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Drea, for, for joining Thanks. me and for uh, having this discussion. I appreciate, like I said, your insights on these topics. And for all of our viewers at home, thanks for joining us. And make sure to join us again every day of the week, Monday to Friday, 12 to 1 Eastern time, but especially for Drea and I on Thursdays. We'll see you next Thursday, guys. I don't know why I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Ciao.